0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The BYU football program is the home to one of the freakiest players in all of college football. We're talking about that, more developments from training camp for BYU football, and also getting to know BYU tight end Ray Paulo. all ahead on a Wednesday. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all of you, and obviously, just by way of introduction, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And once again, thank you for downloading, subscribing, also uh, watching, whatever however you consume the show Truly, do appreciate all of your guys' support. All right, let's dive in. Launch right into today's main topic, and that is BYU training camp. But starting off with an interesting note that came out, and uh, number of you probably saw this. Bruce Feldman is a longtime college football writer, one of my favorites personally. Writes for the Athletic now. Has been at multiple other stops during his writing career, and he has done for the past decade at least, if not longer than that. What he calls his annual freaks list, and what that means is they are the freakiest players. in all of college football. And I didn't have any doubt that Kingsley Soumatia probably would be on the list here for BYU, but imagine my surprise when I opened up that list because I read it every year. I think it's absolutely fascinating to read about some of these guys who've got these freaky traits, guys who are just weight room legends, guys who run incredibly fast, other guys who have got a just absolute incredible explosion Across the board, uh, crazy stories about every single one of these athletes. And this year, 101 of them made the list. It really started out as just 10 guys, and he's expanded it uh, pretty thoroughly since then. But like I said, imagine my surprise when I opened that article, started reading it, reading about some wide receivers to start off, and then all of a sudden, number three, bam, Kingsley Suomata'ia, BYU offensive lineman. I'm like, what? Number three. Like, that was absolutely crazy to me. He ends at number three spot, but he said this about Kings. He said, coaches have always been great resources for, for this project over the years. That said, it's been a while since I stated a response as long as I did the one I received from BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick this month. This is what he got uh, from A-Rod about Kingsley Sumatia. Kingsley Sumatia is the most athletic and violent offensive lineman I've ever coached. More athletic than Garrett Bowles when I was at Utah. More athletic than Blake Freeland. Not Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. That's some pretty high praise, because as uh, Feldman notes, Bowles was a first-round pick and started all 82 games he's played in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Freeland, BYU's left tackle just this past season, lit up the combine, uh, running a 4.98, 40, a 4.98 second 40-yard dash. Vertical jumping 37 inches in the combine for NFL offensive tackles. And, oh, yeah, by the way, a broad jump of 10 feet flat, which was one inch away from the combine record in that as well. More athletic than Freeland, especially in that Kingsley Sumatia weighs 20 Three pounds more seemed like a mouthful. They did add this though. The six foot six, three hundred twenty-five pounds Suamatia did not allow a sack this season. A run of three hundred sixty-one pass plays, playing right tackle for BYU, splitting time actually early on with uh, the now departed. Uh, uh uh, not Clark Barrington, uh, but his younger brother, Campbell Barrington. They, they split time at right tackle early on, early on in the season until Kingsley took over that job. Then Skyler Main. Dr. Skyler Main weighed in with this. Kingsley is off the charts. He's faster than our linebackers. He's just a freak in the weight room. What makes it look different from Blake is that Kingsley just makes it look a little more effortless. Blake was a better jumper, but Kingsley was our fastest lineman by a good bit. According to Main, Suamatiya hit 21.5 miles per hour last year as a 318-pound freshman. That's really good for a 218-pounder, much less. 100, athlete 100 pounds more than that. And then he finishes this off. He's so fluid and smooth, maintained. I think he could run in the 4.8s. He's definitely a sub-5 guy in the 40. He's super explosive and can throw a ton of weight around. You watch him on the field throw a big defensive end around with one arm. It doesn't even look like he breaks stride. If he wanted to be a tight end or a fullback because he's so naturally gifted and has the agility, he could. And I, I got to say, I was trust me, I was stunned that Kingsley was as high on this list as he was. But reading all that, indicates what kind of athlete BYU has on their hands. Another thing about this, when BYU brought Kingsley in, many of you might recall, he was a five-star prospect coming out of Orem High School, a guy that BYU would have loved to have in the program the entire time. He ultimately picked Oregon, went up to Eugene, got a little bit homesick, decided he wanted to be closer to home and playing in front of his family, and decided to pick BYU, and yet again was a five-star transfer. This is going to be incredible to watch the... The hype, the I don't know, the the, the overall plaudits, uh, all the stuff that's going to come Kingsley's way. He's already getting all kinds of hype when it comes to being a first round draft pick as soon as next year in the NFL draft. And if everything goes according to plan and all these numbers check out, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't go there and be a first round draft pick because the NFL drafts so much on potential, and this type of potential, what you're, what they've noted here for Kingsley, absolutely sets him apart. The nice part is I'm going to send this out to some of the notes I've taken away from the last couple of days, both watching BYU practice yesterday on Tuesday and also talking with people about BYU scrimmage as well as practice yesterday in, in its entirety is that Kingsley is leading a very, very talented offensive line. He is going to be the left tackle for BYU, and it looks like he has done nothing uh, to lose any playing time there. The nice part is across the board for BYU's offensive line right now, it looks like they are really starting to kind of narrow in on what their rotation is going to be. I think the starting five consists of the following. You're going to have Kingsley Sumatia left tackle. I think Waylon Lapuajo has a very good chance to be the uh, left guard for BYU. And then there's an interchangeable uh, uh, two-man front here with Paul Miley, as well as a Connor Pay. Either one can play center, either one can play right guard, and we've seen them in practice kind of interchanging at that spot. BYU's very confident in their abilities. Aaron Roderick said it himself yesterday that he's comfort- comfortable with both of them playing both center and guard, so I expect that one of them starts at one spot, the other starts at the other. And then at right tackle right now, it looks like Caleb Etienne, the 13-game starter from Oklahoma State last year, he has done nothing to lose his position, it looks like, so far in training camp as well. And that's probably your starting five. And beyond that, you've got guys like Ian Fitzgerald, Braden Keim, uh, Jake Icorn on down the list. There, uh, oh, by the way, I haven't even forgot about Simi Mawala. Excuse me, Simi Mawala is challenging as well. The transfer uh, from Utah ended up at Jackson State, did not play there, but ultimately landing at BYU this year. They have got a deep and diverse offensive line for BYU, and don't be surprised if that unit becomes one of the strengths of this entire squad. The other thing about this, Aaron Roderick, yesterday during his media portion, said that he feels like at every position on BYU's offense, they've upgraded the talent, the depth, and the overall athleticism of the team. He did say he did have the caveat, a little bit of a wash there at quarterback, because uh, Jaron Hall, obviously off to the NFL, obviously was a phenomenal quarterback, and Keaton Slova stepping in has got pretty big shoes to fill, but uh, everything looks like it's on track for BYU offensively. And that could be all fluff. It could be all uh, just uh, Aaron Roderick trying to pump his guys up to the media. But knowing A-Rod the way that I do and having interacted with him enough, this is not a guy who goes out there to try and uh, blow smoke and make his guys feel good about themselves. He actually uses the media more than a lot of coaches to get across the point that if he feels like there needs to be improvement, he will let the media know. He'll kind of point out, okay, this is what's an issue. That's what it's an issue. He is not afraid to do that. But him to come out and say that they've upgraded every position in terms of overall depth, talent, and athleticism, that's got to lead you to some confidence for BYU offensively. And I've also got to say this the offense looks the part right now. That's the fun part about this. It looks like a pretty well oiled machine. Running backs like Aiden Robbins and Deion Smith, I've heard great things about. What I've seen with my own eyes is that they both very much fit the bill for BYU. The wide receiving core is as deep and talented as it's been in a hot minute. I know that last year with both Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney, it was a very, very good unit, but let's be honest, both of them saw extensive time off the field due to injuries. The nice part is BYU is hoping that the new additions in Keelan Marion and Darius Lassiter, alongside with the returning players of that position, should offer a deeper and more talented unit just top to bottom than it was a year ago. It was kind of top-heavy a year ago. The nice part is this year, they've got more depth there and they're all capable of contributing. I have heard absolutely rave reviews from our practice insiders about both Darius Lassiter and Keelan Marion. They absolutely think BYU brought in two guys who are going to be Stars, they really feel like they have the capability of being sensational players for the BYU offense, and that's not anything to take away from a Cody Epps, a Chase Roberts, or a Keanu Hill. That that's the thing about this is those three guys are very very talented in their own right. These other two, speaking of Marion as well as Lassiter, just bring more to the mix. The other thing about this is you can't even forget about some of the other more unsung guys: Parker Kingston, Dom Henry, a Talmadge Gunther, Hobbs Nyberg. There are so many names to talk about on this front. But the nice part is is what I'm seeing with my own eyes, what I'm hearing from people who have watched all of practice and feed me intel on BYU, and what Aaron Roderick is saying about his offense all line up. That's the thing about this is BYU's defense may struggle this year. It may not be to what BYU fans, you out there in Cougar Nation, want it to be, a dominant defense that's locking down opposing teams. But the offense for BYU looks like it's capable of going into the season at least with the idea of competing and winning some games potentially as a shootout. I'm expecting BYU handles their business against Sam Houston State in Southern Utah relatively easily. Sam Houston is a pretty gritty team. They have a great pedigree at the FCS level and they should give BYU a fairly stern test in that opener. But you should sell by them in Southern Utah and be 2-0. But then the real gauntlet begins. You're going to go up against high-flying offenses. Arkansas is the very first one, obviously, your, your big non conference game heading down there uh, to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas, It'd be very, very tough. You got Kansas, who's got a fantastic quarterback who is the preseason offensive player of the year in the Big 12 conference. And then just beyond that, you go to Texas, you go to Oklahoma, you go to Oklahoma. Like, there's just so much talent in this conference, especially offensively. The nice part is BYU looks like they have fire to fight fire with, and that's speaking of a high-flying offense that's capable of putting up points. Now, they do need to stay healthy, and Aaron Roderick was uh, very clear that there was one major injury. Did not say who it was, but as I have talked about on yesterday's podcast, it is Micah Harper. He was not out of practice yesterday. The safety tandem with the ones during the media portion was Talon Alfrey as well as Malik Moore. It had been Micah Harper and uh, Malik Moore for all of training camp leading up to this point. It's 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 a, it's a major blow for BYU's defense to lose a safety as talented as Micah Harper and to lose him for a second time to a major injury in his BYU career Career. It's just gut wrenching. It really is. I, I feel for the kid because it's not easy to go through the grind of rehab uh, and just to be able to. Kind of a focus on the 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 situation at hand while your teammates are out there playing. It's it's just not easy to do. But the nice part is BYU has stayed relatively healthy. Be out beyond Michael Harper's injury. Now there's still time to go in training camp. I had one of the the I guess we call them patrons. I don't know what you call them. Uh, the security guards at BYU. They're great dudes. Every single one of them. And you guys know who you are. Uh, walked up to me yesterday and was like, we were just we were just chit chatting. He's like, man. I get worried this time of year more than any other. Injuries have already happening. Guys are already getting dinged up. And there's still time to go until they play the game. How do you balance that? That's the thing about this. I don't think anybody has a perfect answer for it. So the situation is the BYU looks good right now. They've studied relatively injury-free to this point, And fingers crossed, knocked on woods, rub your, rub your lucky uh, rabbit's foot, whatever good juju you can send to the BYU football program, they need to stay healthy this year. And if they do... They've got the firepower to go out and make noise in the Big 12 Conference. Can they go into some of these games thinking, okay, our defense is not going to be able to hold them down. We may have to score 40 points to win this game. That's going to probably be the mentality for BYU offensively, but I'm not saying that their mentality would have been ever any different in many ways had they been thinking, hey, you know this defense? It's absolutely going to lock people down. The defense is going to be better. I truly believe the defense will be improved from last year. It just won't be to the standard. I'm sure that Jay Hill, Kalani Satake, and everyone, one of those other coaches on the defensive side of the football, hope it will be in time. The nice part is they can look across the field at an offense that is absolutely locked and loaded and looks like they have all the pieces to go into games. And yeah, if they do find themselves in a little bit of a shootout, BYU sure appears to have that opportunity to go out and play toe to toe with some of these teams and maybe win one of those games or two of those games, 41 to 38 or 46 to 40. You know what I'm talking about? The, the high flying games or the, it seems like the team that has the ball last wins. The that game. BYU looks the part right now of having that type of offense, that caliber of offense going into the year, and can't wait uh, to see how it all plays out. All right, one guy that I think you should keep an eye on, I've already mentioned him earlier this week, as a guy that BYU is very high on in terms of his capability, along with some of his other teammates, of filling in for Mason Wake. Obviously, Wake stepping away from the football program, it is a blow, but BYU believes they have ready-made replacements in the lineup that they have added uh, via high school recruiting. And in the case of our next guest on the podcast, from the junior college ranks. You're going to get to know Ray Paulo, BYU tight end, a guy who has played so many positions in his football career, especially at the junior college level. We'll get to all that coming up here. In just a moment. Now, first, a word on our friends over at UCCU. Of course, UCCU has been with us for a few months now, but they have a new thing called the Learn and Earn. The UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate, but parents don't always have the answers. I can freely admit I rarely have the answers when it comes to financial literacy, and I'm always trying to get better. That's what Learn and Earn is here to do. It breaks down financial topics into fun, bite sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn. Points that accrue, and then you can redeem them for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete once again, uh, compete against one another and also track their progress on the leaderboards. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere, whenever you've got some downtime and accrue those points. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn, my friends. So get on it. Learn and Earn is part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart youth banking program helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. That's the goal of doing it together, my friends. That's all courtesy of UCCU Love Where You Bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we've got a bevy of uh, kind of a backlog of interviews. I had a great conversation with Max Tooley yesterday, one of BYU's uh, senior linebackers. Also caught up with BYU cornerback Maury Bamba. I have Parker Kingston in the in the hopper. We've got a bunch of interviews uh, still to play for you guys. Stay tuned for those. We'll kind of dole those out over the next couple of days on the podcast. Uh, but looking forward uh, to talk more about that as uh, these shows progress. But that's the best part, about, best part about this time of year is a lot of guys are available. I always enjoy getting to know guys. And the guy we're going to talk with right now is a guy I have been intrigued by since BYU signed him out of the junior college ranks. That's Ray Paulo, a guy who grew up in American Samoa, came to the United States to play American football. Uh, You're going to hear him explain how many positions he has actually played in his junior college career. He is now suiting up for BYU in that Mason Wake role. It's a tight end officially on the roster, but it includes playing H-back, fullback, and, yeah, that traditional tight end slot. The nice part is BYU very, very high on this young man's potential. So Without further ado, here you go, Ray Paulo, with myself on Locked On Cougars. Later addition to the recruiting class and signing with BYU, but what, what's it been like so far?
1: Uh, I mean, there's so many things to talk about, but I just love the environment over here and everything, the training and stuff, the staff. Uh, it's just like the relationship with coaches and like players, like it's been amazing.
0: If I'm not mistaken, you are a member of the church and you served a mission right, and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. How aware were you of BYU growing up? What was the recruiting process like in that regard?
1: Uh, yeah. I was when I was little. I didn't know much about football. Like, I grew up in a small island in Samoa so it's like rugby, mm-hmm. and so I came into uh, to American Samoa to my mom, and football is a big sport over there, right? <laughs> so I tried to learn with my friends because it's just play for fun, and then. Uh, you know, my senior year and my junior year that I I heard a BYU and then I just you know it's just, it just become like my dream school and mm-hmm. it's where I wanted to be yeah and so here I am I'm over here you know playing for this school and it's it's a blessing
0: okay I was reading up on your background in the junior college level you played like five different positions can you run down all of the positions you played correct yeah when I first got there my
1: freshman year uh-huh. I was playing safety okay I didn't after safety I went uh to linebacker because I was gaining weight. Uh-huh. And then after linebacker, all the DN were out with the injuries. And then I get to play DN. And uh-huh. that's where I kind of stayed for a little bit. And then I got back from my mission. I uh, went back on DN and I wanted to do it both ways. That's uh-huh. my thing, I wanted to win. Uh-huh. And so I tried both ways and I played tight end receiver and running back and a fullback. So yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, how does a guy go from safety to defensive end like in like a season?
1: Uh, honestly, <laughs> like I, it was for me. I was kind of stressed at first. I was okay. like, dude, like there's so much to learn. Like to be a D DN. like mm-hmm. you're on the line. Like it's more physical than where you're at. Yeah. Like as a safety, but it was actually more fun to be on the line because <laughs> like you got that speed. Like you're on the rush end, on the rush mm-hmm. side. So you got that speed that the lineman can catch you when you you know when you rush, so that's why it was more fun for me like to be on the line and I was gaining weight at a time, so that's why it's it's kind of like go up and like, be like more physical at the time.
0: You flip to offense obviously, you come here as a tight end slash fullback. What do you like about the position itself?
1: Uh, Honestly, I just love to be physical, okay. you know, I just love blocking, I just love catching balls, so I love to be like both ways, like I was thinking like if I go to offense, I'm not going to be able to tackle anybody, like be that, you know, kind of thing. about. Like, I actually love being more on the offense right now because like get to block and catch the ball, so, yeah.
0: What was the recruiting process like talking with Coach Clark and Coach Roderick?
1: Uh, honestly, I was thinking about going to Utah State because I didn't okay. get any offer from BYU. Uh-huh. But uh, I was going go to go the see Coach Prime in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I didn't end up going because, coach Clark came down and talked to me so I decided to come up here instead uh, to go visit over there so uh, meeting with coach Clark was really nice uh, it felt like family to me so, you know felt like it's where I belong with the church organization and stuff so
0: yeah what do you what, what do you want to accomplish most? Because obviously this is your first year in the program what do you want to accomplish at BYU uh,
1: honestly I just want to have a career uh you know like a backup plan you know obviously like a lot of football players the reason why they're here they want to chase their dream but i just want to have a career and like hopefully like make it to the big league and uh you know just step by step
0: how big was rugby in your in just your ability to play football how big was that in uh, just part of your skill development
1: uh honestly it's just running okay uh with the ball <laughs> so yeah, rugby was more fun just to get the ball all the time, and uh, you know, it helps me like, you know, uh, to like to the offense because you get to run a lot mm-hmm. and like with those techniques like tucking the ball and like the speed. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: What position were you in rugby growing up?
1: Uh, I was a wing.
0: You're a wing. What yeah. would you play now? You think?
1: I'll be still a wing. Okay, yeah. fair enough. You yeah, like I that. played last year before I came up here, uh-huh. so I was a wing. Still, okay. Yeah.
0: So no matter the weight gain and everything, you stayed the same position in rugby. I uh, the speed
1: going to go down, but <laughs> <laughs> the physical bar is there. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Ray, thank you for some time. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> there you have it. Ray Paulo, BYU tight end, fullback, defensive end, safety, linebacker running back. Ooh, whatever position you want to put him in, he, apparently he's willing to play. And You heard him talk about his rugby background. He's still a winger at heart, but says maybe not necessarily as fast as he once was, but really enjoyed getting to know this young man. You heard him talk about the fact he's he okay, may going to Utah State or maybe going to Colorado. But then Steve Clark, and by the way, if you don't know about Steve Clark's uh, penchant for being just this big-time recruiter, I know he's kind of an unassuming guy and literally one of the smallest guys on BYU, at, at BYU, I should say. But he's just, he's an absolute giant in the recruiting sphere. He does a great job loving up the guys, and people love playing for him, and it sounds like he was a big part of Ray Paulo deciding, you know what, BYU's where I want to be. He said it was a dream school for him, maybe the dream school for him. I appreciate Ray kind of explaining his journey to getting to this point, and like I said, I've talked with other coaches on BYU's roster who think that he is in line to take on a bigger role this year. Is he going to be the breakout star of the 2023 season? Who knows, because there's also guys like Mason Fakahua on that roster. Mason Coleman has A stake uh, has a claim to stake there. There's a few guys that are playing that similar position to him for BYU, kind of filling in for Mason Wake. But Ray Paul has got all the physical abilities and tools to come out and really be an impact guy for BYU. And what a story it would be a guy who comes from American Samoa, wanted to play American football, played safety before going on a mission, comes home, plays linebacker, like literally every position. It feels like under the sun outside of quarterback, maybe playing at offensive line. But Really, really cool story. and would love to see it continue to kind of flourish at BYU. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll finish out today's edition of the podcast, talking about some of the news and notes in BYU sports, as well as our answer to the question of the day. We're doing a question or comment of the day. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. New friend of the podcast now. I wanted to tell you guys about our friends over at NutraFold. Now, what it is, my friends, is we all obviously, if, you, if you've if you lost your hair, maybe you've embraced the bald lifestyle. If you're guys like me and you're afraid of going bald or you're th- afraid of your thinning hair because that's what I'm dealing with in my mid-30s, my friends, NutraFold is here to help you guys out. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. NutraFold provides a whole-body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromisers, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Trust me, I think that. I've got uh, family bloodlines that tell me that I'm probably going to lose a lot of the hair and I'm already starting to lose it, but take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth formula and supplement for men. The best part is it's a number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent reliable results without compromising your sexual health. The best part is they also have their health wellness quiz, excuse me, on slash men They can get you started on the path to figuring out what is best for you guys. And identifies the causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrifol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. So give it a shot my friends. Go take the first step to visibly thicker hair and uh, started with right now with Nutrafol. They're offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to neutral.com slash men and use the promo code Locked On College. Find out over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend neutral for healthier hair. Neutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. neutral.com slash men, and enter the promo code locked on college get started today. One more time. That's neutral.com slash men. Promo code locked on college. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday whenever you are watching and or listening to this. Hope you guys are just absolutely having a, a great week, honestly. Uh, we're at the midway point of training camp and can't wait to get the season here, but it's coming quick, and that that's the fun part about this. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. is Looking at uh, BYU news, the, officially BYU Women's Volleyball Volleyball. Who will start their season here in the relatively near future. They have been ranked number 17 in the preseason AVCA poll. They are one of four Big 12 teams to be ranked in the poll. Defending national champion, obviously com- new conference mate Texas is in that as well. But BYU uh, finished uh, finished the year last year at number 18. It was as high as number seven at one point during last year. But obviously looking forward to making it some noise in the Big 12 conference. Just like BYU women's soccer, do not expect BYU women's volleyball to find the Big 12 to be as big. Of of an adjustment as BYU football or basketball might, but uh, really, really cool to see that. Also, congratulations to BYU men's basketball. They have named former BYU big man and uh, former GA Nate Austin as their new director of basketball operations. He replaces Bobby Horodisky, who uh, moved across the country to become an assistant coach at Queens College out in North Carolina. Obviously, uh, Nate was a fan favorite during his time. A lot of people call him Rex uh, during his time at BYU as a player and also as a graduate assistant. Uh, Went out to be a high school coach for a time. I didn't know this in reading this. He actually joined Salt Lake Community College's staff as an assistant before taking this operations role with BYU basketball. But he's already worked with Mark Pope, knows about what Co- Coach Pope is all about, and I think it's a really, really savvy addition for the BYU men's basketball program. And, oh, the hiring news continues as BYU baseball head coach Trent Pratt announced the hiring of assistant coaches Adam Law as well as Tyler Coolbaugh Law, who has been working for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Coolbaugh who comes from the University of Arizona, will assist with recruiting, player development, team defense, hitting, and mental performance training. That's especially where Coach Law comes into the uh, effect. Adam obviously was a proud member of the BYU baseball program, spent six years uh, in professional baseball, also spent the past four years working for the Los Angeles Dodgers in internal opera- international operations, and as a mental performance coach. Really, really cool to see Law coming home. His dad, obviously Vance, was BYU's head coach for quite a while as well, so congratulations to him. Cool, ball comes to BYU after spending the past two years as the director of player development for the University of Arizona. Now, the Wildcats have a very proud baseball tradition, and obviously him uh, being part of this will be a great addition for BYU going into the Big 12 Conference. Prior to joining Arizona, he worked for the Texas Rangers in player development and was the hitting coach for the rookie Dominican Summer League Rangers. So he's got a lot of experience with player development. He spent time coaching at Abilene Christian as well, so he's got uh, experience down in Texas, which will be a big part of BYU's recruiting sphere as members of the Big 12. So congratulations to both of them on that edition. And other news on BYU basketball. Frank, I meant to mention this just a minute ago. I had it uh, misplaced in my rundown. But BYU uh, guard Quez Glover, who was with the program for just a, th- a couple of months before leaving due to NIL concerns, well, he has landed inside the conference in the Big 12. He's joining Kansas State, uh, going to go play in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, Robbie McCombs made a statement that uh, – a bench player is going to a Big 12 school is going to make $200,000 in NIL money. I've got to think that that was a veiled shot at, or not a shot, maybe just uh, some intel on what Quez Glover is looking at NIL-wise from Kansas State. And if that's the type of money that a bench player can be getting here in the Big 12 conference, BYU is going to be hard-pressed to keep guys of Quez Glover's uh, just caliber in the program, because that's an incredible amount of money to be a reserve player for an NCAA tournament caliber squad. We all know Kansas State had a phenomenal year a year ago, and have obviously loaded up to make another run at it this year, but adding Quez Glover adds to their lineup, and it obviously hurts BYU as they get ready to head overseas to Croatia and Italy, but hey, best of luck to Quez Glover, and uh, we will see him. When BYU and the Wildcats square off in men's basketball. All right, final note on today's show is we talked yesterday about an absolutely monumental win, just a, a payback win, a kind of a statement making win for BYU to kick off the 2022 home season as they beat Baylor in double overtime in Provo. Well, the following week, BYU headed to Eugene, Oregon to take on the number 25 ranked Oregon Ducks. BYU, after their 2 0 start, had risen to number 12 in the country. People were feeling good. Trust me, I was feeling good about BYU's chances going in. Into- here. I thought Oregon, okay. Dan landing the Ducks, they're okay. they would gotten absolutely just demolished by Georgia in their season opener down there in Atlanta. And there were question marks about if Bo Nix was really as good as people thought he might be for Oregon. And I was going into this game thinking, okay, BYU is going to have their trouble because playing in Autzen up there in Eugene is a really, really tough venue to play in. I did not expect what we got. BYU got just absolutely demolished by the Oregon Ducks. It was just it was embarrassing. BYU ended up falling behind ten nothing in the first quarter. It was twenty four to seven at halftime, barely competitive. Isaac Gregs had the lone touchdown for BYU in the first half on a twenty eight yard pass from Jaron Hall. But BYU added lipstick to the pig late in the game. A touchdown pass to Christopher Brooks, as well as a two yard Christopher Brooks, touch, uh, uh, Cody Epps touchdown pass from Jaron Hall, and then obviously Christopher Brooks having a touchdown run uh, late. in in this one, but it just, it was, it was, it was not competitive. And that's the thing about this. And there was the ugly incident with Oregon students, uh, chanting the pretty, uh, I'm not going to repeat what they were chanting. You guys know what, what the situation was. They were, they were making fun of members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints using a derogatory term, uh, with that, but nonetheless, really, really tough loss for BYU. And it might've been the first, uh, real I guess looking back on it, the first first real indication that BYU had major cracks in their foundation, especially defensively. You remember this. Bo Nix passed for 222 yards and two touchdowns, but he could have just absolutely lit it up even more. They found it too easy. Uh, speaking of Oregon, and obviously the season would continue to devolve from there especially defensively, but it really kind of felt like after a hot start for BYU, a huge win over Baylor, going to Oregon and getting just absolutely dominated the way they did, kind of put a pin in that balloon. It was really, really tough it felt like for BYU to respond after that. We'll talk about uh, how the season progressed with two really gutty wins at home following this that got BYU to 4-1 and on the year, but just did not feel like things were going the same way they were before this game, and we'll talk about those two, speaking of Wyoming as well as Utah State, on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you to all of you for your support. As always, cannot thank you guys enough for continuing to support this show, rating, reviewing, sharing, uh, letting people know about the podcast. It really does uh, mean the world to me of how much support you guys have given us and continue to give us every single day here on the show. So until tomorrow, thank you once again for making it your first listen. Thank you for being every day. And of course, rejoin us tomorrow as we talk all things BYU sports right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.